people of Earth. What's up, guys? Thanks for uh, listening today. It's Vaughn Joseph here. We'll keep it brief as I try to often do. Um, I don't even know what I should talk about today. I mean, I do, but I don't know which I'm going to talk about. Do you want to know about central bank digital currencies and digital IDs? Or do you want to know about the national health services being taken over and privatized? And I mean, that one's a bit more personal. But the CBDC stuff is pretty much everywhere. And if you don't know, you need to know. Because they're taking your money away. You're not allowed to have money anymore. <laughs> it's all going to be digitized. And your digital ID. And they can turn it on and off as they please. Possibly. This actually does kind of tie in. To the national health system. Because they can say. Hey. We're not going to administer any care to you. Because. We can tell by looking at your. Digital currency transaction history that you've been visiting Hockendaz quite a bit and how do you explain this pack of cigarettes every three days that you've been buying we're not covering that you've been a bad boy or girl let's hope it never gets to that but you never know do you we have no idea what's going to happen anyway i'll just i'll talk about both and i'll tell you why i want to talk about the nhs first then we'll get into the cbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdbdb
in hospital gowns and slides with no socks in some cases in the cold weather 30 degrees and just leaving them on the sidewalk sometimes they have mental health issues they can't fend for themselves this is barbaric I would say it's appalling it's not it's beyond appalling it's barbaric this music is making me want to fly a UFO or go to sleep anyway we'll do this one Sorry for the music shift mid-pod. I don't have anything else queued up, do I? Yeah, that's where we're going. So let's start by addressing the issue of the scarcity of dentists in the NHS. It's a growing concern for many people across the UK. The shortage of dentists have resulted in long waiting times and difficulties in accessing dental care, especially for those who rely on the NHS service. And one of the things that I find to be confusing as I come over here and understand we have free health care. Why is our dental service not a part of that? So I have an NHS dentist. I have to travel 20 minutes to get to him. That's a lie. It's about 15. But the oddball thing is, is there's a dentist about 20 yards from my house. And I have not been able to get in since I've lived in this house. And it's coming up on three years in a couple weeks. Sorry, no openings. You can go private. We have no NHS openings available. The, the the mean age of the people that live in this town has got to be like 60 plus. People have to be dying every month over here. <laughs> Not trying to be funny, but that's funny. So how are there no openings? They've got openings. They just want you to go private so they can get more money. Why am I going to put all this extra strain on myself as a dentist when I can put myself through the strain and get full pay? Oh, gee, really? What a shock. Two dentists in town, only one does NHS. So why would I want to become a dentist if that's what I'm going to be having to do? NHS work. Incentivize. It's not going to happen. So the shortage of dentists in the NHS is, is a significant problem. It affects the oral health of the population. Am I wrong in thinking that I remember hearing heart disease oh hiccups heart disease one of the leading contributing factors to it is bad oral hygiene but that's not part of the nhs the nhs is being is under attack and it's being sold and it's being parted out so why do you want to talk about the NHS? Well, let me tell you why this is important to me and why I'm soapboxing today. I'm going to tell you why. So back in April, I was supposed to have a race with a young guy at my gym. He's 22 years old, big guy, strong, young kid. I used to call him young muscle. <laughs> That's a bit sus. So... We'll just call him Jack, for lack of a better word. So I'm training, and I'm always working out anyway, but there's different training protocols for sprint. We're going to race on the track, sprinting. Let me clarify. So I ran track when I was in school. Tried to run track again when I moved to L.A. in the early 2000s. Didn't quite work out so well. And I hung up my track shoes. Spikes were sold on eBay back in 20, oh, 2007. <laughs> I haven't laced up any type of track shoes since. So I'm training. I'm trying to race this guy, mostly for myself. But I think I can beat him. I'm confident that I can beat him. He's he's more than less he's more I'm more than half twice his age. He's more than half my age. So it would have been a great yeah, I just whooped some kid who's half my age. Plus a few. Anyway, long story less long, I pull, or excuse me, tear a calf muscle. I'm already starting to feel triggered because I'm pissed off about this. 
Mind you, I said I'm twice this kid's age. I'm 50 now. Cat's out of the bag. And that's kind of relevant here. And you'll understand why in a sec. So, I know we were talking about dentists, but I'm transitioning into something else. <laughs> so there's... I, I'm trying to be nice about this. Because we already know internet censorship is right around the corner. This is going to tie into your central bank digital currency and your digital ID in the next segment. But here's the thing. I tear my muscle in my calf. I've never torn a muscle in my life. And I wasn't even doing anything but hopping about, getting ready to blast off to a sprint and then just pop. I felt it and it was horrible. And when you hear people say, oh, I heard or felt a pop, that's exactly what it feels like. It's crazy. It's a crazy sensation. So down I go and I'm laying there going, damn, right? I'm out. And I'm supposed to be going to Thailand in about a month from that point. About a month. So I hop a cool half mile home from the gym. <laughs> it's not quite that far. Maybe quarter mile, but the track is really way back. I hop all the way home, get home, grab some frozen peas out, elevate the leg, all the, all the stuff you're supposed to do. So I get on the internet and I'm like, all right, how bad is this going to be? Let me check, uh, you know, the NHS website or doctor.com or whatever the heck it was there's three levels or stages of a tear in the muscle first one's not so bad the second one yeah you're gonna need to rehab that after you've stayed off of it for a few weeks and it's gonna be about you know six to eight weeks before it's back to norm and then the final one is oh not good stage three is you're screwed for a while so you, you, you elevate it, you keep some compression on it, you keep it, uh, you know, you, ch you chill out for a while, which I did. So I, I've, I call my doctor. I'm like, look, my calf is as big as a cantaloupe. What's going on? My calves are big anyway, but this is not normal and it hurts still. I've rested for a week plus. I've not been in the gym. What do I do? Oh, the doctor says, you need to go to the A&E which is an accident and emergency or the uh i forget what we call it back home <laughs> anyway so that's where i go is it the emergency room is that what it is so i go and you know this is that place where you're just going to be sad forever right so people dread going they do everything they can to keep from going there so i go i'm waiting i go in well, before I go in, this is I'm I'm replaying the whole event in my mind. The woman sat next to me is wearing the same perfume as this woman that I used to date, so that's just making my day even less pleasant. And it was a way hot kind of day, but what are you gonna do about it? And I wasn't upset with this this person I used to date. It was just one of those things. It wasn't like a girl. Anyway, I digress. I go in. I sit down. Here's the doctor. The doctor. Wait, I got to drop for that. So I see the doctor. I'm here to see the doctor. And I tell her what's going on. She <laughs> This woman says, and looks me dead in the face and says, we don't do any scans here. You need to go to a physio, and I'll refer you to a physiotherapist. They'll do the scan, yada, yada. Uh, all right. So I've just sat here for three hours for nothing, but at least I've got a referral to a physio, right? Right. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Forget it. So a couple weeks pass. I get a letter in the mail. You have an appointment. So I'm like, all right, dope. Off I go. I can get this sorted because I'm still walking kind of weird. I'm supposed to be going to Thailand in a minute. Mind you, I have a pretty good idea what to do. I've been through rehab before. It's a calf muscle. You stretch it. You, you keep it moving. You want to make sure there's no scar tissue, right? 
So I get into this, into this, my back at the hospital again. So in walks this, this doctor. He's, an, he's a guy from Africa. I don't know if this is relevant or not, but I'm just painting a picture. So I don't remember what his name is because I, I can't even pronounce it even if it was in front of me. It doesn't matter. So he, he <laughs> this is so ridiculous. So he says to me, you know, you know, he, he, is, he looks at the leg. Yeah, you've got a stage two or whatever it is, tear. Yeah, I figured that much. That's cool. Are we going to do a scan or anything? No, you don't need a scan. Okay, so what sort of rehab should I, we or program are we going to get on? You don't need to rehab it. What? Okay. <laughs> so it's a stage two tear, right? Yes. And this is an NHS hospital, right? Yes. So on the NHS website, it indicates clearly that if a muscle is a stage two tear, that there should be some sort of rehabilitation on this muscle, right? Silence. So I called my doctor, I didn't call, I reached out to my doctor back in the States on LinkedIn because she's on there. So I can say, hey, you know, she'll, she'll respond. Oh, absolutely. You should be rehabbing that. Okay. She's a doctor. That's what she's going to say. I call up a friend who was a strength coach for a, a Detroit Lions football team. Yo, explain the situation. Bruh. You need to start rehabbing that or else you're going to get scar tissue buildup. You're not going to walk the same ever. Yada, yada, yada. Two people, two different fields, both in, in, in physical, some sort of physical aspect, their fields, medicine. Both tell me that I need to rehab the muscle. This clown here tells me, no, you don't need to rehab it. Now, why would he say that? I think it's pretty obvious why he said it. Because he's a black African doctor and I'm a black American and they don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because the NHS doesn't want to spend the money. They don't want to spend the money. They want to keep the money. You're 50. You're not you're not in, you're not going out and playing football professionally. You're 50. If you're lucky, you've got 25 summers left in your life. Just enjoy them. That's how he approached it. Have a nice day. Leave. So I'm like, all right. I'm livid at this point. This is story hour, folks. Welcome to story hour. Different music. Welcome to story hour. So I said, all right. I'm leaving, because this is some bullshit. Yes, I said it. Yes, I did. <sighs> I leave. I get home. The next day, I call my, my GP, my general practitioner, my doctor. And I say, what the actual Kentucky Fried fuck is going on? Don't excuse my French, because I'm pissed off at this point. Oh, it gets better. So the doctor says, oh, yeah, that's peculiar. I don't know why he uh, told you that. I know. That's not how he said it, because he's English, obviously. I don't know. The, I don't do a good English accent. But my default white guy accent is that. And I'm sure his default black guy accent sounds similar to mine only cartoonish so with all due respect the doctor then tells me oh well you can just self-refer to physio what why didn't you tell me this weeks ago I've lost weeks a valuable time to rehab my leg because you guys have been playing games with my health. 
telling me to go somewhere to get a scan done that doesn't do a scan who then sends me to get rehab by somebody that's refusing to give me rehabilitation to only have me come back and call you again and say you can just call them and book the rehab yourself are you serious right now so i might have permanent damage to my leg which if I sit for too long, it's still, you get up. I feel like it's an old man injury now. Remember when you were a kid and your, your, your uncle or your dad or somebody might've, you know, they hobble or walk a little funny or whatever. Cause they got, oh, I had a bad hip or I, you know, I took up some shrapnel and nom, whatever. That's me now. So first thing in the morning, when I get up, it feels like I got a baseball inside my leg. I can't walk cleanly. It's not nice guys. And this is the effect of free health care. This is what you guys want back in the States. A system that is overburdened, underfunded, and no incentives for anybody to really want to go into it. I know two people that are doc three, three. All of them work in the entertainment industry. One of them I used to podcast with. That's why I had that doctor drop. On the song, on the play, on the podcast earlier, this, that's for him, Dr. Chima, right? You remember Dr. Chima. We would play this for doctor every time we would start the podcast. Because he's a doctor, baby, <laughs> right? So that's what's going on. I also know another one. She's from the States. She came over here and became a doctor. She's a musician. She plays guitar. Another woman I met, I met when I was out in the dating field. She's an actress. She's like, ah, I decided I was going to be a doctor. You know, who decides to just be a doctor? All of them. But they're GPs. They don't do anything that you would expect that your doctor to do like in the States. So it's a little different. And I'm not taking anything away from these people because they're all super intelligent. They know way more than me about medicine. I can't do their job, but my doctor in the States, the one that I was saying that I would contact on LinkedIn, my back hurts. She would give me acupuncture. She would administer all, she knew things and did things that the doctors here don't do. So it's different. And ironically, I remember having a conversation with her and this was around when uh, President Obama was in an office and they were talking about universal healthcare, et cetera. And she told me specifically, because we were having this conversation. Because at the time I had uh, my, my ex-wife, who was my then girlfriend from England, which is how I got here. We were talking about, you know, how the system works here. And she said to me, and I will never forget this, if they implement free health care for everybody, all of the doctors that have gone to medical school, busted their butt for however many years to get their PhD, are all gonna go private. They're gonna go private. What does that mean? Well, what that means is you have a shortage of doctors, right? Because they're not gonna go from making half a million dollars a year I'm just throwing a number out there because obviously some make more, some make way more, some make, you know, less. But you're not going from making half a million dollars a year to making $80,000 a year, a hundred, we'll say a hundred thousand a year. Well, why would it be so low, Vaughn Joe? It'll be so low because they don't have the money. Didn't uh, Moody's just downgrade the U.S. credit rating from AA? Their, their credit rating's gone down. The BRICS nations are dumping the dollar. We're going back into the central bank digital currency conversation again. So America doesn't have the funds to keep all of the doctors on the payroll at the rates that they're seeing. They just don't. So they go into private and they, they're specialized to take all their clients with them. It's like being a personal trainer. Imagine you're a personal trainer. 
you work at a gym, you amass this cool little following. I actually had this happen at a 24-hour fitness in Pasadena before I moved here. I had a trainer. This this is a really crazy. So this trainer was so popular, he used to train a, a horse jockey. I came here visiting my ex, and I'm way out in the country somewhere, and I meet some guy. He hears my ex said, oh, where are you from? Older guy in his late 60s, easy. He knows my trainer, the trainer. He's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He trains so-and-so because that guy races horses over here. I know that guy. <clears throat> so the trainer is important. So he's got all these dope clients. And then the gym is like, oh, well, if you want to, uh, you know, keep training here, you got to pay us however much. Is he going to stay or is he going to go and rent a space in a gym? Which, ironically, one of the trainer that I had, my trainer, has gone and done. Same gym. Left the gym. Opened his own place. Hey, trainers, bring your clients over to my spot. Train them over here. Pay me a rent for the month or however it works. I don't know. So that's what's going to happen. Privatizing. Moving away from a, a, a national system that's broken and broke. Broke and broken. So there's several factors contributing to the shortage. Doctors, dentists, whatever. Extensive training required. Long years of study. Financial investments. Who wants to be in debt and then come work in, a, in an industry that's not paying you anything? This can deter potential candidates who might opt for other careers with quicker returns on their investment. Who wants to come out with six figures in debt? It's a high-pressure environment in healthcare. Very demanding, long working hours, heavy workloads. I'm talking about like these people that are in the hospitals, especially. Not necessarily so much the general practitioners. They set their appointments. They tell you 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 can come with one issue. You've got 10 minutes, and then you got to go. I had a doctor literally tell me that. He's like, oh, what seems to be the problem today? I'm like, oh man, I got all kinds of stuff that I need. Well, you've got 10 minutes. You know you're in trouble when you go into your doctor's waiting room and there's like all kinds of books in the lobby, <laughs> in the waiting room. It's nuts. So for similar educational requirements, doctors and dentists in some cases, they're, they're not comparing compensation-wise. There's no reason to do it. More burnout. Like these nurses that were just going through it in the pandemic. They're on strike now. They want more money. Where's the money? You're sending money to, to Ukraine. Where's the money? You can send hundreds of millions of pounds over there to fight something that has nothing to do with us. But you want me to take care of your citizens so they can keep paying their taxes so that you can send their money over there. You must be crazy. Incentives. Student loan forgiveness programs. Scholarships. Grants. It'll alleviate the financial burden of medical education. Creating a supportive and nurturing work environment is crucial to attract and retain talent. How many times have I heard of medical students coming to America, getting this A-level, A-plus quality training, education, Harvard Medical, University of Michigan Medical, that's where my mom went, top-tier medical, UCLA Medical, California, and then taking their education back to their country, India. Jamaica, wherever they're from. It's evident that tackling the shortage of doctors and dentists in the NHS requires a comprehensive strategy that addresses both the external factors and the intrinsic motivations of potential candidates. But that ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. 
what is going to happen is that we're going to struggle. <laughs> You're too old. Remember when they were talking, the Republicans were talking this in the U.S.? Well, they'll set up these death squads if you're uh, if you're old. And whose wife was it? It was an actress. She was skiing, and she hit a tree or something and shattered her leg, and she was in Canada, and she couldn't get care. They're going to create these death squads, and they're going to be the ones to determine whether or not you can get care. <laughs> they're not going to do that. Sorry, you don't need rehab on your leg. You don't need rehab. Eh, just no more running on the track. You're not an athlete. You're not a professional. And even if you are, you're well past your prime. Look at me. I work out. I am in way better shape than you, doctor. And you're trying to tell me that I don't deserve to be able to continue my lifestyle because the system you work for is broken? Don't get me wrong, the NHS in and of itself is great. I had surgery on my wrist. They'll look you out eventually, but it's gotten considerably worse since the Pandeasy. I won't say that word. So, I don't know. Let's talk about tech. Let's talk about something less medical and something far worse. Is it worse? It's all bad. Yeah, thanks for coming with the bad news today, Vaughn Joseph, you jerk. Anyway, let's explore the digital frontier. <laughs> let's dive into the fascinating world of central bank digital currency, or CBDC, as I will refer to them going forward digital IDs and exploring the implications of internet censorship. Let's get started on that. So if you're not aware of internet censorship, you need to go and do some research because that is right around the corner. That one's going to likely be the first one you see. How many people do you know that said, I had my post taken down because we were talking about Maxine you know who Maxine is. You know that woman that everybody got shoved into their arm. Or didn't. Well, we can't have all this Maxine hesitancy going on in social media. People on Facebook are getting people killed. This behavior is absolutely reprehensible shut up isn't hesitancy what we're supposed to have when something that critical that crucial that impactful is brought before us so quickly doesn't anyone remember weapons of mass destruction are you sure there's weapons of mass? Should we really be invading? Ah, they're, they're there for sure. We're going in. Are you sure? Maybe we should hesitate a bit and check this. Nope. There, nope. There's weapons. We're going in to kill them. Well, we weren't able to find any weapons of mass destruction. What seems to have happened is they're just moving them around and we just can't seem to pinpoint any. Shut up. Stop lying to us. We're not stupid. We're not dumb. The problem is, is we're just too busy focusing on all this other stuff. There's too many fires going on all around us. I can't focus on it one thing and just get one thing done. It's like society has ADHD. I'm the one with the ADHD. How does everybody collectively have social ADHD? Well, I want to be trans, and I want to identify as a dog, and I, I, I want to be a Republican, and I think that we need to have more government oversight, and I think the government is doing too much. Everybody's fighting over everything. Remember when times were simple? And you could just be like, oh, you have an Apple? Oh, well, I have a PC. 
And that was just it. You drive a BMW? Oh, I drive Mercedes. <laughs> you go to Burger King? You go to McDonald's. Whatever. It was very black and white back then. Now everybody has an outrage Olympics and they're fighting over everything. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. My apologies. CBDCs are seen as a modern evolution of traditional currencies, which is crazy to me because never in the history of, in my knowledge, that we've been using currencies has there never been a tangible currency. Do we need to progress and move forward as a society? Yeah. I mean, how many times have I said on the pod while I'm sitting here looking like there's got to be a more efficient way to have my life? There's wires running everywhere, and I got to configure stuff. I feel like we live in the old times, just with LEDs. <laughs> so the thing was, I can't deal with that beat anymore. How about this? The thing is, we need to have both, in my opinion. I guess I could have said that at the end, but both what? What are CBDCs? You still haven't even told us what that means. Oh, I told you it's a digital currency, but it's not like Bitcoin because that's decentralized, which is the very antithesis of what this is. Central bank digital currency. They can manipulate the currency amount. Anyway. I'll close with all that. I'm sorry. I'm always reading ahead and never just staying in line like I should. Reading my notes. With CBDCs, governments can have a more efficient means of conducting financial transactions, reducing costs, and increasing transparency. Really? Absolutely. And as we move towards the digital future, another important aspect to consider is digital identification or digital IDs. Digital IDs are unique identifiers. They allow individuals to access online services that we can already access, prove their identity, even though I have an ID in my pocket, and engage in digital transactions securely because I am not already doing that. So digital IDs are obviously going to play a crucial role in the rollout of CBDCs. They serve as a bridge between the physical and digital worlds, enabling individuals to authenticate themselves using digital currencies. It's all been in plan, you guys. It's all been in the plan. You, you scan your face to get into your phone. That's perfect. We got them. They're buying it. Time to ramp it up. I remember when I had a Toshiba laptop when I lived in LA before I got my first Mac and never went back. That thing used to record your biometrics. You would scan your finger and then it would unlock the computer. This is the greatest thing ever. Who knows where my fingerprint is right now? <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know how I, I know how I feel about it, but I don't know what's going to happen. It's important to strike the right balance between convenience and privacy, though. I and mean, you know that's not going to happen. Can you trust these people? They don't care about us. We know they don't. We know they don't. Anyway, I don't I don't want to get too deep into this. Because like I said, there are people that work in finance, do great YouTube videos that are all about this and they can give you deep dives proper on it. Just be careful. I don't agree with digital currencies, you guys. I saw an article in China. They already have this in China. They have like these social credit scores. I remember hearing about this ages ago and thinking, well, that could never happen here. I mean, we would never tolerate that. Guess what? Here it comes. It's like when you're in the ocean and you're swimming and you see the, the, the wave coming. Here it comes. Get ready to jump or get dragged into the undertow. 
This guy was not allowed to get on the train. He wanted to buy a train ticket to go wherever he wanted to go. And the government over there said, nah, we're shutting your stuff off because you said this, that, and the third on the internet. And that's not in alignment with what we think. Imagine if you could do that now or two years ago during COVID. How many people do, they, they're doing it, they did it in Canada, this tr Justin Trudeau, oh my gosh. How are you going to close people's bank accounts because they don't agree with what you're trying to do? Make them get Maxine a job. Maxine doesn't need a job. Let Maxine find, you know, people that want to hire Maxine can go hire Maxine. I don't want Maxine working for me. I, I don't know enough about Maxine. She doesn't even have a resume. This is Maxine's first job. I'm supposed to just hire her and make her CEO of my company? Are you nuts? Oh, well, if you don't agree to have Maxine, well, we're just going to have to... We're going to have to cut your bank account off so you can't buy food for your family. And then, uh, you you gave him money because you don't want to hire Maxine. Oh, we're cutting yours off too. Yeah, that's normal, guys. And if you supported that, there's something seriously wrong. There's some major plays going on right now. Do you know how much food we get from the Netherlands? Guess what they're doing over there? You have to know this. If you don't know this, why are you even listening to this? <sighs> Sorry, farmers. You're not allowed to farm anymore because you're not doing it right. We're going to take all this over. You're out of business. Go find something else to do with your life. You've been doing this for how long? Oh, wow. You're a fourth generation farmer on that land? Ah, it's all right. We got these GMOs and Bill Gates is going to make some fake meat. Because there's just too much climate issues going on right now. <laughs> I don't know why I got all these lights on. You can't see anything. Too many climate issues. The country of Wales. Yeah, everybody drive 20 miles an hour. We're making that law. France. Ah, nah. If you can take the train in the country, you're not allowed to fly anymore inside the country. Screw that. What, you don't want to drive an electric vehicle? Guess what? That's all that's allowed to be made. And no more pizza ovens for you guys. No gas ovens. <sighs> wow. And you guys are just sitting around letting it happen. <laughs> are you kidding me right now, you guys? I saw a politician ask the most basic question to one of these champions of change i'll say he says something to i'm paraphrasing because obviously i don't have it in front of me what are the projected numbers for the lowered emissions and climate temperatures if we implement these policies that you're trying to force the world to have silence how are you going to get me to pass this bill into law when you can't even tell me what the projections are going to be because you don't have any idea how effective any of it's going to be they don't even know they have nothing nothing I'm all down for a better environment. I don't have kids, but I don't think that that means that the world should end with me. But come on. You guys have to be more logical than this. This doesn't even make any sense. So let's just, here's the thing. I'm gonna say this and then, and then I'll talk about internet censorship real quick and then I'm gonna go, because this is ridiculous. I've been rambling on for far too long. Half of you are probably asleep by now, which is good. Maybe I can put that on my resume. I help you fall asleep. A 
I just completely forgot what I wanted to say. <laughs> uh, it was a good point, too. Oh, well, maybe it'll come back to me. A 50-year-old brain. I need some mind pills, some nootropics. I'm, I've taken my nootropics for the day. I should remember. Anyway, we don't know what's going to happen, so I don't understand why they're trying to force you guys, uh, force us into... Oh, well, I was thinking this. This is what I was thinking, and it kind of leads to where I, what I lost mem my memory on. Oh, now I, I remember now. So I used to go to Spain quite a bit. I was dating someone. She had a villa there. We were there all the time because, like, this summer, that is so hot. It's the hottest in 120,000 years. Who the hell was taking records 120,000 years ago? You don't know how hot it was. Shut up forever. So we would go to Spain. That's right beneath this country. And I would see stuff and I'm going, wow. This is acceptable? We're all in the EU. This is not what would be acceptable where I live in England. How are we all under the same umbrella union-wise, but things aren't uniform? So I went and it was in something in the supermarket or something. I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter what it was. But what matters is that they aren't doing things there the way that we do them here. And they were supposed to because we we're supposed to all have the same sort of guidelines for our nations. So what does that mean? Well, two words. China, India. All right. Get them on board with climate change. Get them electric vehicles. Get them ESG scores. Look that one up. And then we can talk. Until those three billion people are in two countries are on board, don't even talk to me about climate change. Don't even look at me and say climate change. Because if you can't get three billion of the eight to fall in line your plan's not gonna work all right it's just not gonna work it's not gonna work internet censorship i'm just gonna breeze through my notes here because it's this is taking far too much of your life i'm sorry mm, it's dusty in the studio the internet has played a significant role in democratizing access to information, facilitating communication, fostering innovation. But there have been growing concerns about internet censorship and restrictions of, on freedom of speech. How many times did Washington Post post nonsense during the Pandeasy? And then come back and, you know, have their accounts taken down. Did they have their account? Them people had their accounts taken down. I got shadow banned. I know people that had their Twitters, Facebooks jammed up. Now here we are fast forwarding. And they're like, oh, well, uh, yeah, that was all true in the end. Even though we said you were spreading misinformation. Oh, dear. What happens when you can't buy groceries because you said something on the Internet? Internet censorship, it refers to the control or suppression of information, communication, and expression on the Internet. Governments, organizations, or even Internet service providers may impose restriction, restrictions for various reasons. Because they want to maintain social stability. National security. They love to blanket things under national security. We need to have this Patriot Act signed. In the name of national security, we can't have any more attacks like 9-11. So we need to be able to read your emails and tap your phones and read your text messages. Remember that? How many of you guys still use Verizon? Idiots. 
Come on. Then the government turns around and passes a law making it illegal for you to sue the mobile phone companies for snooping on your stuff? Are you kidding me? It's important to highlight that internet censorship can have far-reaching implications. It can stifle free speech, inhibit access to information, and curtail the exchange of ideas, which means you're no longer human. It can also limit opportunities for innovation and hinder the growth of digital economies. That's why it's crucial for individuals to take proactive steps to safeguard internet freedom, you guys. You have to. One way is to advocate for policies that promote an open and free internet while also respecting necessary legal boundaries. But it seems like the governments aren't listening to you anyway. We need more voices. Can't just be me and 500 other people. You don't care. I don't have anything to hide. Bye-bye, freedom. Don't think like that, you guys. Come on. It's not about hiding stuff. Individuals can also educate themselves about privacy tools like VPNs, which they're trying to make illegal in America. Well, we don't want you, you know, rerouting your searches and hiding what you're doing. We want it, we want it to be like China, where Google is banned. <laughs> oh, geez, you guys. I don't even want to talk anymore about it. It's just, I feel like I'm depressing you guys, and that's not what I'm trying to do. We need to work together with regulatory bodies and governments to shape the future of digital finance and maintain a free and open internet. That's what we need to have. This world is so messy right now. I don't even know what to think half the time. It's all too much. It's all too much. People of Earth, thanks for listening. I'm sorry there's no video. I'm not doing video on this podcast anymore. I just don't have the... Uh, I can't do it. My ADHD just can't handle all this editing, production, writing, posting, promoting... I just can't do it because I don't get you consistent product. This is the only way I'm going to be able to do it if I do it by myself. My spectrum disorders and whatever else I'm probably afflicted with, they won't allow it. Otherwise, I just won't do it, and I know I can do it this way. I'm out of here, people of Earth. Stay human. Stay human.